1: Learn more at marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. First and goal at the
0: nine-yard line. And look into the end zone. And it is a touchdown for Johnson. It's third of the year.
1: Yeah, he, there was a lot of separation there coming out of my fake. You usually don't expect someone to be so open in the red zone, but you also was aware of that undercut by the defensive back who was in trail position getting underneath him. So the uh, ball was a little higher than I would have liked, but it also prevented the DB from being able to undercut it. And uh, great job by BC climbing the ladder and getting it. And a great job getting that open, you know, where uh, I was able to uh, to just work him number one because he was so open. All right, back here on Purple Daily. We will get to all of those things about yesterday's game and what it means and the playoff race. And I want to talk more about the Los Angeles Rams and how strong we think they are with Judd Zolgad. But first, Zulgad, we've got some big news a Bruin in the National Football League. The uh, Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, was asked in a press conference today about a Patriots employee videotaping their play calls. And he said, no comment but acknowledge they are aware of that. And now the league office is investigating the New England Patriots for having someone videotaping their play calls in their last game. First of all, I am stunned. I can't believe it. The New England Patriots cheating in this economy? Shocking.
0: Did you see the news, though, that I see they've passed along to Schefter and also Ian Rapoport uh, trying to claim that, it was the Cleveland Browns. The credential. The photographer who was shooting something on a, a Patriots advance scout for a series that the Patriots stream called "Do Your Job." I'm not kidding you. And so at the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals game, yes, because the advance scout was there to provide information on the Bengals. Oh, okay. and so what the Patriots are um, telling the national media is, "Hey, this was for our PR purposes." We were not cheating, and in fact, the person was only sure, supposed to yeah. be only supposed to be filming the advanced Scout doing his job because Belichick likes to say,
1: do your job." Their explanations are better than their crimes. Yes. I mean, how about the guy who deflated footballs and they called him the deflator? Yes. And Brady was like, it's because he's fat." And then he's getting skinny. Deflated like his body, not like those footballs that were proven to be deflated. (laughs) Nothing like that. And how about, I still want to know, why Roger Goodell destroyed the tapes of the New England Patriots videotaping their opponents. I think because there was so much there... To prove that's why they won that first Super Bowl, that they were like, "Oh, this can never get out." We but got to burn
0: these. But then he got them on the back end
1: with Deflate Gate. Yes, because that went way too far. Yes, it did. Right, it wasn't that, that became huge ridiculous of a deal. that uh, yeah. that they
0: took Brady to court, vice versa. Yes, they fought that up for how long? Two years. It was a long time. And then just he like,
1: finally did sit out four games. Okay,
0: I will give you my favorite, and I have not heard this from anyone else, but it's my favorite personal current. NFL conspiracy theory. All right. Do you want to hear it? Sure. NFL officials have been told at every point post the bounty game, screw the Saints if you can. Mm.
1: Okay. What about the Patriots, who seem to be not getting the same level of bounces from the refs as they used to? Mm-hmm. How about yesterday, two very bizarre calls mm-hmm. going opposite of them, since Robert Kraft and Roger Goodell maybe not on the best... Uh, of terms anymore i love that because this is why it would have been very easy
0: on guy inbounds out of bounds touchdown to call that a touchdown and then be like let's go look at it if we're wrong we'll find out but instead they say no touchdown belichick has (laughs) no reviews left no challenges left
1: Uh, (laughs) i don't uh, yeah they could have and the same thing with the fumble Yes. This year, they have been, yes. and, and this started with the Saints. They they have been. Um, looking at all those fumbles after. Like, let the guy return it for a touchdown, mm-hmm. let the play keep going, yes. and then call it back later. In fact, this happened between the Patriots and the Ravens, where there was a fumble, they picked it up, they ran it back for a touchdown, then they reviewed it after and found, okay, it was a fumble. But initially it was very close. But on this one by Travis Kelsey, they said, oh, no, nope, end of play, end of play, mm-hmm. when the Patriots could have completely changed that game by bringing it back. I've also seen the touchdown rule the touchdown when it's close, and then they go back and look at every scoring play and could have easily said, oh, no, his knee was actually down. Correct. So to go the opposite way against the Patriots, that have been a team that's long gotten some very bizarre calls in that building, is a little bit shady. And you do have to wonder with the Saints, if, even if they haven't been told this, that they all together went, oh, man, bleep that team. And every call...
0: Literally every important call that I can think of in the past two or three years has
1: gone against the Saints. Yes. Like, what's the last call that you remember thinking, man, the Saints got a fortunate break there? I'm sure it's happened, but in the biggest games, they seem to get ones that go against them. So that will be interesting to see if anything comes out of it because the NFL uh, has not gone light on the Patriots and I'm sure would love to be able to come down on them hard again if they were indeed videotaping. And just a documentary. I mean, if you're the Patriots, though, and you're just doing a documentary, don't you have the conversation in the building and you go to Bill and you're like, yeah, we're doing this do-your-job thing, and uh, we're going to videotape another team's employees doing uh, play." Calls. Is that cool? Like, wouldn't someone say, yes. uh, hey, we were the ones that got caught videotaping. We should be more careful about this and not do that? Of course they would. So I don't buy that at all. And I think the explanation sounds hysterical. Oh, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, I i do love though
0: how they immediately call Rappaport and Schefter oh, on, yes, on Speed yes. and be like, Oh, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. This is for our in-house documentary. But you're right. The team that was caught doing this very thing and created a hailstorm, right, is now going to come back and be like, Yeah, let's just try this again, but this time it's a document. Yeah, it is
1: weird. Yeah, sure it is. I'm with you. Uh, All right, let's talk about last night's game first, because with the Vikings game yesterday, a few takeaways, but... Nothing that's blowing my mind after a twenty to seven win that could have been easily much, much more had the Vikings kept the gas on, and I've already made fun of Matt Patricia enough in the first hour and how the Detroit Lions you were and Sage not in good made shape. fun of Matt Patricia. can imagine yeah. you went it was after a Matt great great time. I had a pencil in my ear, and I was pretending to be an astrophysicist and an idiot, so uh, it was fun anyway, um Los Angeles watching them last night. If they win two out of three, the Vikings lose two out of three, Los Angeles is in. If you're a Vikings fan and you have watched any Vikings ever, you're probably going, oh no, oh no, not this, not a situation that's obvious for how we could be knocked out. (laughs) When you go to Los Angeles, not easy. You play the Packers, not easy. You play the Bears, they have your number. Not easy. Uh, That Los Angeles team, though, does have to play at San Francisco. The other two games, very winnable against Dallas and against Arizona. And they could even, we see this all the time, where a team has this great game and we all decide, they're the best team ever, like Houston. And then they pull a stinker and they surprise you. Well, it wouldn't shock me if even the 49ers got beat by Los Angeles. What do you think it is that Los Angeles figured out over the last few weeks? Because they looked not good. They looked great last night. Yeah, which is bizarre because as good as
0: Baltimore is, in the game they played Baltimore, the primetime game, the Rams looked like they were completely lost. They were outclassed in every facet of that game, and I said to myself, this is a dead team. Come back last night, play Seattle, look really good. A couple things. One is, it sounds like in the past, I don't know, two or three games that Gurley has become more involved again, which is probably important. Now, my question would be, is this a long-term solution because he does have the knee problem? Is this going to be great for two or three weeks, and then he's going to have played too much, and he's going to start to go backwards? But I do think right now that that's probably an important step that they've got him involved again. The other thing, and I can't decide what to make of this guy because I just don't know, because sometimes he looks completely lost and sometimes he looks really good, Jared Goff. Like, has Jared Goff found something now? Is Jared Goff being coached properly and led around by McVay? Is Jared Goff now going to go out in the next game and completely stink? Uh, The other thing that I love, and this is where the Vikings will rue the day, they did not do this, though, is... So I watched a combination of the Rams-Seahawks and the Wolves-Lakers last night, and every time I flip to the Rams game, guess Matthew Collar whose name I didn't hear, not because he wasn't good, but because they didn't throw near him. Who's that? Jalen Ramsey. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jaylen, yeah, and yeah. the Hill kid had a good game. He did, yeah. You know why? It's because of all the stuff that you talked about, where Trey Waynes, when Rhodes was great, previously looked good. You can slide him safety help. The matchups are favorable, right? All of those things. So my big question is, Back to your point, though, of of is this the Rams now, or was the Baltimore game more like them? Is the quarterback, and I can't decide there, but I do have a feeling uh, that this is not going to be simple. I do have a feeling now that these last three games for the Vikings, the Rams, and the entire conference
1: are going to be great fun. Yes, no, I think that, yesterday the was the is... last, like sort of in week by yeah. in game by. Yep, yep. The way that things are shaping up for almost everybody is interesting and nobody has a easy schedule in the entire nfc at least one out of the three games for every team that's fighting for a spot and in the vikings case in my mind it's two with chicago week 17 i don't care if chicago loses their next two games
0: chargers game matthew is tough too i oh, i agree i, I'm I think in on that all game three now.
1: aren't all three aren't easy yeah. But at least with the Chargers, they have a bad record and you should beat them. And they don't have this super dominant defense that you're afraid of. The Bears' defense has been really good this year. It's just that their offense has been problematic uh, more than it was last year. And we know the Bears just have this way, probably because of Khalil Mack, but also Hakeem Hicks is healthy again. They have this way of dominating the Vikings' offensive line. And if you can stop the run with basically four people, that gives you a massive advantage. And we know when Kirk Cousins gets pressured up the middle, gets more anxious, he starts throwing off his back foot, and then it's just downhill from there, and it becomes you lose three straight games to the Bears in the Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky era. That's one you should always be nervous about. They should win it, but it's not a reason to just write it in as a W. They're still above five hundred at this point. They don't have an easy stretch. I don't think the Bears will be competing for a playoff spot at that point. I'm looking at it entirely as Rams versus Vikings. And if the Rams can beat San Francisco, they can win the other two games against Dallas and against Arizona. Then you're looking as the Vikings and needing to win all three of these games to even get in the playoffs. And it went through my mind today. And I, in a way, I don't want to ask the question yet, but in a way I feel like I have to. If they finished 10-6... and six, and miss the playoffs. What do we do with that? What are we supposed to do with that type of season? The NFL has set us up to have this conversation more importantly because than of us, its stupid playoff system.
0: What What do the Wilfs do about that? Because if you don't make the playoffs, to me, if you, I don't care what the record is, if you are not in the playoffs, all bets are off. I have no idea then. Because if they make the playoffs, I think, I think Zimmer and Spielman get extended. Probably not five years, but a couple of years. I think that they're perfectly safe. I think that if they if they go one playoff game and done, it's disappointing. But my sense is nobody gets fired. But, Matthew, if you go, if if the Rams play lights out for, let's say, the next three weeks, and the Vikings don't, and they slip up once or twice,
1: I don't know at that point. So let me throw this out to you, though. Would it depend, in terms of how they view this, entirely on the game against Green Bay because if that's your loss and you win two out of three but they win three out of three and they get the playoff spot and you still finished with the record that we all thought you should finish with I picked them at 10 and 6 Courtney had them at 11 and 5 like we all thought you'd be in this ballpark but if they if they end up having an even an 11 and 5 season and miss the playoffs I don't I think it would be extremely difficult to look at that and say, sorry, you well, failed. My you went 11-5. Here's five. my question then, too.
0: If you go 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs, and let's
1: say you keep the coach and the GM, what do you do about the quarterback at that point? The quarterback, in uh, my guess, would be staying for a long time. That they would be talking about, even right now, doubling down on the quarterback. In a weird way... Missing the playoffs would actually help or have the potential. I shouldn't say actually, because then I'd be assuming he melts down the playoffs. It would have the potential to help Kirk Kirk Cousins' case for a contract extension here. Because you wouldn't have seen him in the playoffs, but he won a bunch of games for you. The thing he couldn't do was win the games. And then if he doesn't get in the playoffs because of a weird technicality of this league refusing to acknowledge that their system is bad. Which, by the way... They are not going to change. No, they said they're they not going to change They made it very clear. It. So I'm going to keep yelling about it because well, it makes no sense. I mean, the, the Vikings beat the tar out of the Eagles, but the Eagles have such an easy schedule the rest of the way. They've got a chance to be in the playoffs at 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight eight. Like, what? Well, and the whole
0: thing that makes no sense is the fix is so simple. One is, if you want to do the simplest fix possible, seed by record, okay? And, and you can have... If your if you're NFC East champion is seven and nine, and you want to stick them in the playoffs, which personally I don't, but let's say that you do. Just seed by record. The second thing is, come up with a league rule that if the division champion is seven and nine, they don't then the playoffs are seeded by, by the best records in the conference, and you don't go at all. If Dallas and Philadelphia... I mean, Philadelphia
1: might be tied for the division lead, I believe, after tonight. Yeah, they they should just... You could just throw the division out. In my mind, it's very easy to just... Not count like you still have divisions, so you can play those teams twice a year and it makes sense for regional competition, uh, and and rivalries and things that are important to the NFL without valuing that so much that you get a playoff spot over. If that were to happen, think about that. A team that goes eight and eight gets in the playoffs over an 11 and five team is just a complete injustice. But it's possible that it could happen to the Vikings if they lose one of these games. I will pick them to win all three of these games, but But it wouldn't surprise me, considering what we've seen earlier this year, uh, they lost to a Matt Moore team, they lost to a Chase Daniel team, In Chicago, if they were to go on the road to Los Angeles and lose by a field goal, or if Aaron Rodgers were to throw a game-winning touchdown at U.S. Bank Stadium and have a classic great game that instead of Brandon Allen throwing it away at the end, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing a touchdown. And and that's how razor-thin the margin is for the Vikings, potentially, if the Rams can win the rest of the way, is looking at this system as the entire reason you missed the playoffs. And I would have a tough time looking at anyone and saying, look what you did, even though there were opportunities to win a lot of games. Yeah, that's the issue. And even though you are largely a product of your schedule. Because it's been so easy and you have no wins against winning teams. Right. There would still be reason to criticize certain things that happened through this year, but I couldn't get to a place where I said, 11 and 5, you failed, Mike Zimmer. Like, that's the goal when you start off the season is to go something like 12 and 4, 11 and 5, it's and be at the top of your division.
0: It's a good question because you could say that or you could say week two should have won.
1: Yeah. Blew yep. it.
0: Kansas City could have won that one. Yes. Blew it. This team has had. The the mark is is uh successful at this point, record-wise, but this team has had, what, two or three opportunities where you just needed that one more win, mm-hmm. and it was right there. It's not like you couldn't get it, and in each instance, there's been one thing. You're down 21 nothing at Green Bay. You had every chance to, to come back. They basically begged you to. You essentially did, and you blew it. Kansas City felt the same way. You're playing Matt Moore. It's a tough team, tough place, but you're playing Matt Moore. You should win. They Seattle. Should won that game. Seattle was yep. a close game.
1: Like any one of those games, you, you don't need to run the table and win all three, but let's say you just win one. And you could use that argument in both ways, because the counter to that would be right. You were you were so good that even your losses weren't that bad. Right. You lost, okay, backup quarterbacks you should beat, but still, you lost on a guy kicking a really long field goal that you almost blocked, and hey, you lost to Seattle when you had the ball with a chance to win four points left. You could look at that as you played right with Seattle that's going to be in the playoffs, and you beat all the teams you were supposed to beat. If you get to the end of the year, Mm -hmm. and there's a few teams with 13 wins, and there's a team or two with 12, and you're the team with 11, and you're, say, overall record, throw out playoff structure, the fifth best team in the NFC by your record, and you don't make the playoffs— I, I would have a really tough time getting to a place where I could say, "How dare you?" And when I look, and I think at, you're probably right. And, and when I look at right? even Kirk Cousins' performance, I would not, even though he had a chance to win all those games, if he had played a little bit better. But he's number one in the NFL right now, clean pocket passer rating. He's got outstanding numbers. He even led a 20-point comeback, though it's a little asterisk because it's the the Broncos, but they're a, at least a team. Detroit's not even a team. With Drew Locke, and, they look like a Super Bowl and, team. I know, and I wonder if he had been healthy enough to start that game how that would have gone but either way either yep. way still Denver's a team you can respect their head coach you can respect uh, a lot of things about their players uh, Detroit I looked at is there's no chance they're, it's just over they're like when the Vikings played Cincinnati a few years ago they had given up they wanted their coach fired okay let's not even talk about this as a as like a win that matters for anything but the Denver game you came back from down 20 I would have a very tough time saying yep send that Kirk Cousins packing who's next That would be very, very difficult, even though extending him kind of signs you up for a lot of this still.
0: But these last three games will dictate a ton of of how this conversation eventually winds up. Totally agree. Because if you go in on Sunday and you lose, okay, that's a bad loss and that's tough to take. Then let's say you lose to Green Bay. Now it gets really, really dicey. So these these last three games probably go a long way towards deciding the future of Spielman. Zimmer, Cousins.
1: And if we're talking about these last three games as a meltdown by the quarterback, if, let's say, he does the same thing he did yesterday against the Lions and goes, ah, get the ball away from me, and the guy picks it off and runs it for a pick six, and they end up falling apart and missing the playoffs and losing all three, which is on the table, out of all the possible outcomes, I don't give that one much of a chance, but it is... The Vikings down the stretch in the playoffs. They also had a something like an eighty percent chance to make the playoffs after they beat Miami last year. We were having the same conversation—a little déjà vu—with who are they going to play in the playoffs? And then they end up not playing in the playoffs because we um, made an ass yep. of you and me by assuming they would beat uh, Chicago. Chicago here last year, last game had nothing to play for. Yep, like they had no reason, yes. and you lost. Yep. So it's still it's still on the table for sure. Um let's assume that it's that it's not, and they win two out of three, and these numbers are pretty much what they are from Kirk Cousins. Who would go into the following season well, saying the guy was one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Get theory. rid of him. Let me give you my new my new
0: working theory on Kirk's next contract. It has to be a, a dual deal in this sense. Kirk broke the bank once, right? Three-year deal, fully guaranteed. I get paid. Okay, Kirk, you're good enough. You get paid. If he comes back here this time, it's Kirk,
1: we need you to work with us. Nope, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, then, I don't think that's him. Then then he might be gone. Because take, a look, take a look around the league at how many teams always need quarterbacks. I, if he goes out in the open But I market, think this is a discussion. He's... Think about what he just did. Even if he has right. a similar year next year, and even if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, or miss the playoffs, okay. and he goes nine and seven because of what he's done this year, okay. somebody will be paying him a load of cash. Think about but does what- he want to just get paid again or win a championship this time? Because if if he
0: truly wants to win a championship yeah. this time, then we're working together as partners. And and if he doesn't, then you know what? You're a mercenary, and it, and that's fine. But the Vikings. Need someone, I think, next time around who says,
1: I want to make what's mine, but just as importantly, how can we win? But let me circle back to, because we'll have lots of time to talk about extension after the season, and we'll have very long and extensive conversations about it, but let me circle back to if Kirk doesn't get into the playoffs this year, I mean, what is it we're supposed to say about his season? It's a failure that you're not in the playoffs. Like, Bottom line is you're not in the playoffs. I can't blame you for winning eleven games and doing what you were supposed to do and being screwed by a system, but it, bottom line is two years of Kirk Cousins, two years without playoffs. That also is pretty hard to say. No, it's fine. They won a good amount of games. I agree. So what? Yeah, yeah. and here's my thought on that part of the process.
0: Potentially, if it's two consecutive years, though, the headline the headline last year was Cousins. Vikings don't make playoffs. 2018. The headline in 2019. At the rate things are trending right now, I think, and this is this might be fair, might not be, will be Vikings defense let them down?
1: Possibly. So, so to unless, your point, that's unless where, yep. they get to week 17, they can make it with a win oh. and they lose. Then we go right back to. Then the it's all different. Typical. Curve. No, I'm I'm saying
0: right now. Yep. Oh no 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 oh no, no! If they fall apart in these last three or. Against
1: the Bears, totally changes. Real quick, some big news for Seattle in terms of their playoff chances. They have lost Rashad Penny for the year. Mm. That's a, a big loss for them. They're very good tandem of running backs. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back. I uh, have some more notes to get to that I didn't get to with Sage about yesterday's game and uh, some topics that I wrote about at scorenorth.com if you want to see a bunch of my statistical takeaways. But the main conversation we're going to have here is, How much are you trusting the Vikings down the stretch in these last three games? We'll be right back. Purple Daily on Score North. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you.